0: This is HPR episode 1780 entitled, 16, TrueCrypt and GnuPG an update, and is part of the series, Privacy and Security. It is hosted by Ahuka, and is about 15 minutes long. The summary is, GnuPG and TrueCrypt updated, and how we support free software.
1: This episode of HPR is brought to you by, anhonesthost.com.
0: is Ahuka, welcoming you to Hacker Public Radio and another exciting episode in our Security and Privacy series. And what I want to do now is update you on some things involving TrueCrypt and GNU-PG. Now previously we looked at some of the issues around TrueCrypt and Heartbleed, and we noted that a fundamental problem was that technologies we rely on to be safe are often developed and maintained by volunteers or people on a shoestring budget. Um, So, we've got a little more news, uh, so it was time to revisit some of this and and see where we stand. Now, GNU-PG is the GNU Privacy Guard and is a free software implementation of PGP. That makes it pretty darned important to anyone who is a free software supporter and a privacy advocate. Yet, support for this was drying up. GNU-PG was started in 1997 by a German software developer named Werner Koch, and he was facing financial problems because donations were falling. In fact, he had resolved to walk away from the project in 2013 because he has a family, they need to eat, and so on. But then Edward Snowden put GNU-PG in the headlines, and it became clear that this was an important technology, so Werner decided not to give up just yet. He started a donation drive, but by November of 2014, it had raised just 7,000 euros, which won't support a family. Formerly, fortunately, uh, Julia Angwin wrote an article on ProPublica that went viral, and it was called The World's Email Encryption Software Relies on One Guy Who is Going Broke. And I have a link to that article in the show notes, so you can take a look. Now, the response was very gratifying. I know I contributed, and I'm sure many other people did. And money started to come in. But the donation model is not sustainable for most projects. There is a well-known issue of contribution fatigue that happens when people are constantly bombarded with requests to give money. Even the most generous person can only do so much, and we have families, too. As the recent flap over elementary OS indicates, demanding contributions can drive people away as well. To really make critical free software work, you need a mechanism to channel funding where it's needed in a predictable way. Now, We made an important step in that direction in response to the Heartbleed problem when the Linux Foundation created the Core Infrastructure Initiative, This is a consortium of top companies, such as Google, Microsoft, Facebook, Amazon, and many others, that contribute funds which can then be allocated to support key infrastructure, like OpenSSL, that so many companies and projects rely on. This matters because the whole idea of free software is that it can provide freely reusable code to solve problems, and this is a way that, codes can be supported. In the case of GNU PG, this group gave 60,000 for 2015. Then Stripe and Facebook each pledged 50,000 in support. All of this is good. But look at what Werner said in response. GNU PG does not stand alone. There are many other projects, often unknown to most people, which are essential to keep the free internet running. Many of them are run by volunteers who spend a lot of unpaid time on them. They need our support as well. That is a message we all need to keep in mind. At least for now, though, it looks like GNU PG is on a firm footing. And Werner plans to add a full-time developer, which should make it even better. Now, the other thing I want to talk about here is TrueCrypt. This is another key piece of software that many people relied upon to provide file and disk encryption. Though not exactly open source, it was provided free of charge and seemed to do a good job. But legitimate questions were raised about whether it was in fact secure, and developers arranged to have an audit. They had a crowdfunding program to get this going, which I contributed to, and the audit was begun by a team assembled by Matthew Green a highly respected cryptography researcher at John Hopkins University, and someone whose blog I subscribe to. And if you want to as well, I've got a link to that in the show notes. Now, phase one was an analysis of the bootloader, and it found a few minor bugs worth fixing, but nothing that suggested any deliberate backdoors or other similarly similar security problems. It was basically a clean bill of health for the bootloader. Phase two was to be the analysis of the actual cryptography. But then the true crypt developers shut down the project in a mysterious manner, which raised questions in many quarters about whether they were afraid that something would be revealed. Now, my own view, and it's the view of many people, is that they just got tired of doing it and walked away. But I don't think there is a definitive proof of just what exactly was going on. In any case, this raised the question of where TrueCrypt was going and would the audit be completed. As to the audit, we now have an answer from Matthew Green. In a post on his blog, April 2nd, 2015, entitled TrueCrypt Report, in this blog post, go ahead, read it, it isn't that long, there's a link in the show notes, he gives the TLDR as follows. TrueCrypt appears to be a relatively well-designed piece of crypto software. The NCC audit found no evidence of deliberate backdoors or any severe design flaws that will make the software insecure in most instances. That is not to say that they found nothing. After all, there is probably no software ever written that does not have some issues in it somewhere. And they found a few. But nothing that would pose a problem for users. You can read his article for more, and that has links to the full report if you want to get into that. I will add that Bruce Schneier has also added in his blog post called TrueCrypt Security Audit Completed, again a link in the show notes, regarding these problems. And Bruce says, eh, Nothing that would make me not use the program, though. So the bottom line is that TrueCrypt 7.1a has been audited. The security pros have gone over it carefully, and they found nothing that should make you stop using the software. Now, you may ask, why auditing a dead piece of software is useful? Well, first of all, we might note that 7.1a is the basis for several forks of the TrueCrypt software. So by association... It might be assumed, pending further results, that if TrueCrypt 7.1a is good, so are the forks. One of the first was a group in Switzerland that created TCnext. Now, to my mind, this looks like just uh, an offer of the TrueCrypt 7.1a software, and perhaps is a stopgap until one of the other options matures. Cypher Shed is another fork, and it emphasizes on its page that it is both free of charge and free as in speech. It appears to be attempting a gradual refactoring of the TrueCrypt code with their new code, and looks interesting for the long term, but for now, you would probably not want to use it for production. The third one I will mention is Veracrypt. This looks like a base of TrueCrypt with some changes made by the developer, but it looks like it is usable in its current form. Now, since TrueCrypt in one sense is gone, and the developers show no signs of resurrecting the project, you may want to start looking at these alternatives. The question I have here takes us back to sustainable support. Are these projects going to be relying on volunteers? Will they be asking for donations on their download pages to support themselves? I would worry a bit in that case. What I would really like to see is some kind of model whereby enough funding to keep a core team of developers going is reliably available over time. Of course, there is also a legal issue involved. The license that TrueCrypt was released under does not permit forking. So, any attempt to fork the project could be quickly shut down by a lawsuit. Whether that is likely, I couldn't say. But I would take this into account. Although I cannot give legal advice, I think simply offering a people offering people a copy of 7.1a, such as TC Next seems to be doing, is probably okay. And if CypherShed can create an equivalent with their own code, that might be okay. Though the fact that they studied the true crypt code to get there might be a factor. In the world of commercial software that is under copyright, you generally need to show that you did a clean-room development without looking at the other party's code to avoid a lawsuit. But I really don't know how this would work in the case of the somewhat eccentric TrueCrypt license. Veracrypt may be on the shakiest ground since they seem to be clearly using TrueCrypt code in their product. In terms of personal use, though, you shouldn't have anything to fear from legal issues. So the biggest problem might be that you adopt a program, uh, a product that is later sued out of existence and have to switch again. Of course, given the extreme reluctance of the original developers to do anything in public, are they really likely to launch a copyright lawsuit? My guess is no. But the other factor to bear in mind is that TrueCrypt 7.1a has been audited. That is a big deal in my book. And it does what you need it to do. If anyone forks the code and starts their own development, will that be as good? Will anyone audit their work? I think for right now, I would stick with TrueCrypt 7.1a. Now, Steve Gibson, the noted security guru and host of Security Now... Uh, says that the true crypt developers cannot stop the distribution, and in fact, he has it on his website, and I've got a link to that in the show notes. It's not just a link to download it, but also uh, it, it's worth going there to read what he says about offering that software and basically saying you you can't put something out on the Internet and then say you're going to take it back later. <laughs> the Internet doesn't work that way. So probably worth taking a look at what he has to say. So, this is our update on these issues. Uh, This is Ahuka signing off for Hacker Public Radio and reminding everyone to support free software. Bye-bye.
1: You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday.